Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to Wild and Crazy Nights! The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hogan for the win. Put in another corner! We're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. The most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogan. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flues? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns, we're back, baby. Adam Hogan isn't. Kevin Fishbane, and if you're watching on YouTube, a fully bearded Kevin Fishbane is here for a camp preview. What's going on, Kev? It's my off-season beard, just a little bit longer than in-season. And uh, so, I don't know if you know this, John C., but if you're on vacation, Hogue periodically makes a few jokes about it on this here show. I never partake. I just, you know, let him I let him do his thing. So, you know, you have the floor here. He's, I mean, this is the time to go away. So, but, uh, you know, you might want to give it back to him a little well, bit. Well, we haven't gotten the, the snapback hat picture yet on Twitter. That's true. That's where he true. promotes our merch. You could go to obviousshirts.com for that stuff. Got that out of the way. We haven't gotten that picture yet to annoy us. So maybe he's just going uh, fully quiet. Yeah, might be. Nah, no Do you jokes. think he's listening no to this? He probably will tomorrow on his ride home. He'll send us some So cookies. if you have any good jokes, make sure you get them in here in a couple minutes. Mm. If they come to mind. I'll work on it. Okay. Yeah, I got nothing off the top of my head. We'll get a few in there. He's probably he, working on his what? hair or something. He, yeah, the hair. I was going to say, Hoag's like, he's hard to make fun of. No, you got to do it the right way. He's probably working on his draft board, his grades, oh, all yeah, that good stuff. Call. Good call. Watching punters from Carmel and whatnot, working on long snapping drills, texting Chris go. Tabor for advice. That's what he's I doing did. on vacation. Now, Hogue, Hogue is part of another podcast, and I happened to jump in the YouTube comments there uh, Troll? last week, and I did ask uh, for his top 10 rankings of Bears personal protectors <laughs> for the punter. <laughs> yes. And he didn't. He didn't provide them. He just gave me number one, which is DHC. I want to know who the. Well, we all is. know that. Come on, I want to know the third string. Come on. I mean, this is this is his thing. This is special teams. Well, it is only his second year coaching special teams, so maybe he's trying to to right. learn a bit more. No. Yeah. Enough of, yeah. Enough no. I mean, special teams. I, I would hope that he's spending a vacation trying to figure out an answer to my question. He's got to work on his quarterback rankings for twenty twenty three. Yeah. He's keeping himself busy. Yeah, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he yeah. is. All right. You guys know the deal. As I knock my cord out of the wall, I'm Adam Johns. You can read me and Kevin Fishbane 
Kfishbain. That's K Fish B A I N. I think I spelled it wrong last time you were on the show. Got it right oh, this no. time. Yeah. You didn't correct did you, me. Did you give me the B E I N? No. I don't know what I did. But okay. someone called me out on Twitter. But here you are, filling in for Adam Hogue. It's the Fishbane and John's podcast. Oh, I don't like that. John's and Fishbane podcast. <laughs> Sorry. He's got the post-it note if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah, I think he's just going alphabetical. Yeah, that's probably right. Probably right. But you know the deal. You can read us on theathletic.com. Adam Hogue is on allchgo.com. Check him out there. Kevin, let's start with this. You ran your annual Bears survey. And just my first question off that, you could check that out on theathletic.com. Kevin does it every single year. Why did Sid Luckman beat out Jay Cutler this year after Jay Cutler, for some reason, beat him out the past two years? <laughs> yeah. So one of my favorite questions, John Z, is who is the best Bears quarterback of all time? I do it each year. Cutler won in 2020. Cutler won in 2021. But I mean, if you look at the last calendar year, Sid Luckman put up good numbers. <laughs> Jay, not so much. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, our Jay's been much more in the media over the past year. He's got right? his own Dark. podcast. He's got his own podcast. Maybe some folks, you know, decided to use the poll to express any kind of disagreements with one Jay Color. Maybe now that more time has passed from the Color era, you know, because sometimes I thought that. You know, with the struggles with Mitch Trubisky, then you go to Foles and Dalton and then Fields' tough rookie season, that it would increase the uh, appreciation for Jay. But maybe in the past year, there's been a little bit of a flip of that. Uh, maybe Bears fans you know, d- decided they wanted more. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a big news. Sid Luckman, uh, now the Athletics' best Bears quarterback of all time. And we'll see who wins next year. There you go. Well, voted on by readers. Yeah, 2,000. More than 2,000 readers. 2,000. So. Oh, great results, Gear. I, I, I'm obviously kidding by bringing this up first, but I do want to make like this observation about it. I feel like Cutler's become like this very lovable character post-career where almost all the frustrations of his career have been forgotten. Maybe that's because of Trubisky. Mike Glennon would certainly make a Jay Cutler look a lot better. I believe mm-hmm. that was his first replacement, if I remember correctly. But... Sid Luckman has been, always has been, the Bears' best quarterback, and that's been the most long-standing problem with the franchise. I will give some credit to the four people who wrote in Josh McCown. <laughs> One of them is probably Mark Carmen. Probably. Yeah, good yeah. friend. Friend of the show. Um, anything else going through your survey? Seems like the, well, the same as usual vote struck me, and I, I get that feeling. Take us through that question if you can. Yeah, I just wanted to feel what people, the, the level of confidence in, in the direction of the franchise, because so much of this offseason has been Ryan Poles kind of takes over. It is his team, brand new direction, um, lots of new philosophies, lots of new people in the building. So I wanted to get the sense of what Bears fans felt. And, you know, nearly 30% said they're very confident compared to only 7% said they're not buying what he's selling. But I did throw in the option of it's the same as usual, it's still the Bears, which was 63%. Because I do think there is a sense of you can change the GM, you can change the head coach, you can change the quarterback. There's one thing you can't change. And, you know, we, we, we've we talked about this a lot that, you know, to, to quote uh, our good friend Mark Silverman, Sylvie, it starts at the top. And, and I think there's a sentiment that 
as long as the people who are ultimately in charge are making the decision that leads to Ryan Poles, that leads to Matt Eberflus, that leads to the coordinators and the players, um, that this thing is just not going to be a consistent winner. So your, ex- your exact question was, what best describes your level of confidence in the direction of the franchise? And with 63.4% of the vote, it was same as usual, it's still the Bears. With Matt Eberflus, I want to say it feels even more business as usual, doesn't it? Like, just it's a defensive-minded coach who is from that Lovey Smith, Tony Dungy tree, talking about takeaways and forced fumbles, all that stuff that we've heard so often before. So that would be my vote. That was my vote. Same as usual. It's still the Bears. You have, again, we did a long story on this. You have a GM, a quarterback, and a coach who are not aligned. They may say all the right things about Justin Fields right now, but Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles were not here to draft Justin Fields. They inherited Justin Fields. So you still have the same as usual, where the top three football guys, your quarterback, your GM, and your coach are not aligned again. Yeah, and I think I I, I do think a big theme. And I don't think we're, the, we we can't. That's not an overblown point. Like no, you may like Justin Fields. This isn't a criticism of Justin Fields. It's a criticism of the entire franchise and how it's functioned under George McCaskey. Yeah, and it's not Justin Fields' fault that they're not aligned. It's not Ryan Poles' fault that they're not aligned. I mean, we've just like we all know all the things that led to the Bears to this point. Um, I, but I, the, I I do think a theme of the survey results when it pertained to this year's team, was very much wait and see. I think people are understandably not that confident, but they're also not ready to not give Ryan Poles, Matty Rufus, and Justin Fields a chance. Um, we can get into some of the Justin Fields stuff, but I do think there's just this overall, like, tepid, like, we just don't know. Like, we'll see. You know, I, but, I, I, but for the most part, I think people are just, you know, you look at the roster, you look at the recent history, we're talking about a team that hasn't won a playoff game in more than a decade. So it's understandable that even though people are happy it's a new regime, um, that it's just hard to really get that excited about this group. We just look at the roster. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of, for listeners, check out Monday. You can meet the 90 Bears. And I did find at least one sentence to write about all 90 Bears. Wow. That's a... And uh, let me tell you. For those of you going to Lake Forest, when they hand out rosters, get a roster. Because <laughs> you're just not going to know who a lot of these guys are. Make fun of us if you want. But in my, this is what, our 11th or 12th season? They all run together at this point. 12th? Yeah, this this is my 10th, so I believe it means it's your 11th. 11th. I've been here since Lovey Smith. And yep. this is the, just in terms of quantity, the turnover of this roster just feels so significant. Like you see a play, like a standout play, and you double check your roster like three or four times just to make sure you got the right guy. That's how it feels. Before you could you could tell who was making the plays, you knew who was starting, you knew who the backups were. This is different. There are so many new faces on this team. Uh, let's stick with Justin Fields. Um, another question you had in your survey again. Check it out at theathletic.com. How confident are you that Justin Fields will be a star? And a lot of three, four votes there. Take us through what that means, actually. Yeah, so I said five at the highest. Um, 
and you know what's interesting to me was the comparison from last year, right? So this year, one to five, five being most confident, thirty nine point seven percent gave it a four. Last year that was fifty two point nine. So I think that kind of shows you a big decrease. But I do think again, a lot of people picked three, thirty eight point three percent, a lot more than they did last year. So again, I think that's the that shows you the oh we saw his rookie season. We're just not sure if he's going to be the guy. I, I think that was reflected. It's like we still want him. We still are hopeful. We have there's a lot of reasons that we've talked about on the show all you know summer, spring, winter long. But there definitely is a diminishing of confidence, not a ton overall in in, in what his potential is. Well, a lot of it is, and we'll get to camp storylines here to close off the podcast. Like, can he overcome what's around him? Right. There's right. problems yeah. in front of him, outside of him. Behind them sounds good, but there are widespread concerns about that offense, including the offensive coordinator, which is my next on my list here to discuss. Yeah, I mean, new playbook, uh, new scheme, new players to throw to. So, yeah, so if even if you feel like individually Justin Fields has what it takes, it, th- there's going to be some growing pains this year. I think the thing that goes against Justin Fields, too, and we, we talked about this during the Mitch era, is... We are now in a, an era, again, to use that word, where the great quarterbacks are great almost immediately, right? Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Yep. Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. Um, the, the, the exception is Josh Allen, right? So what you're essentially rooting for is Justin Fields to be Josh Allen. But when you do that, you're rooting for an exception in a way. Now, I think there's a lot of different ways to look at that where you don't have to get that extreme. Like, Justin Fields could still be a top 10 quarterback in this league. It doesn't have to be Josh Allen. Um, but he could still be really good at what this team needs. Um, but it, it's like it, it's hard when you look at recent data to sit here and look at that rookie season. And you can make every legitimate excuse, very legitimate excuse, and still struggle to say, oh, I, I know he's going to be a star. Like, Johns, I wish I put that poll out on May 1st of 2021. Like, the day or two after he was drafted. I mean, the euphoria in this town. Yeah. And that, you know, that shifted the a little bit. The euphoria at Hell's Hall. Oh, my goodness. Like a second so, chance. Yeah. They thought they were getting a second chance. And I think that, you know, that that just has dissipated a little bit. And again, most of this is to no fault of Justin Fields. We all know that they did not have the right offense for him last year. Everything was a mess. And then again, like with Mitch, there are just things that, you know, the the there's not a lot of patience anymore in this league for quarterbacks to take their time to become great. I think, well, nine sacks in Cleveland will, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's a hard dose of reality about where he was as a quarterback at that point. But also indication of just how bad maybe offensively the Bears were to coach up a young quarterback. I do think some of the criticisms out there of Fields, there's some over-nitpicking on who he is and what he can be, but he's still got to prove it. He's still got to show. Like You can have hope, but he needs to be better than last year. I think we can all agree. There's a lot of statistics. There's a lot of advanced analysis, and there's just the eye test. 
everything has to be better for Justin Fields in year two. And how he does that with the help he has around him, like that is the biggest storyline of camp, of the season, of everything this year in 2022. Yeah, I know we're going to get to your storylines at the end, but I mean, he could be start top 10 storylines, all 10 of them. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about doing that, but, you know, I want to talk about Tevin Jenkins just a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, little tease. Um, it doesn't seem uh, that voters weren't exactly blown away by what Luke Getze can provide Justin Fields. Am, am I right in saying that? Yeah, I gave bad I, I gave bad options. I got roasted a little bit in the comments um, from some of our loyal readers for... Uh, I, so... My options were, well, the question is, what are your expectations for offensive coordinator Luke Getze? So, you know, kind of on the negative side, I'm nervous about a first-time play caller. On the ultimate positive side, he will be the difference maker for fields in the offense and earn a head coaching position. And then kind of in the middle, I was like, the personnel isn't good enough, does it even matter? Because that's the one thing I'm, you know, you, you talk about with fields too, like, look what Getze has at his disposal. Like, how could you really expect this group to look good? Like he could be a master schemer and look what he has to work with. So most people pick that the same amount of people picked nervous versus he could be the guy. We just don't know. I mean, I, I think if anything, John Z voters are, I, I feel like based on that vote, fans are going to be patient with Luke Etsy. I think there is going to be an understanding of what he's coming into um, and look, this is a guy that got a head coaching interview last year. He's he's obviously got some respect around the league, um, but it is his first time as an NFL play caller. So I think there's going to be, uh, let's just say, I, I feel like there'll be more patience for him than most offensive corners who come through Chicago. <laughs> Which one? There's been so many. So many. So, so many. Speaking of Jay Cutler, offensive coordinators, right? Um, I was not surprised by offensive line being the number one concern for everyone in America. <laughs> yeah, not even close. I mean, 64% of the vote, not even close. I mean, wide receiver, I get it, but yeah. there is a, a wide open race at right guard, and I am really interested to see if Tevin Jenkins becomes one of the horses in it. Ooh. Why not, right? I, I, I mean, I'm with you. I, I, I'm 100% with you. My My one thing is like, you had all of those OTAs in minicamp. Why wouldn't you just throw him in there just to see his movement? A bit? I don't know. But like, like that's the time to experiment. Yeah. Yeah, you no, got time I, to experiment come training camp, but eventually you want to find your best five and get some chemistry going. Yeah. Now, this is, um, is offensive line storyline number two? Uh, I actually had it number three. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, I think from a training camp specific standpoint, we always talk about you really get to know these guys when the pads come on. It's like, that's the position, right? And the three guys that are Tevin Jenkins, Larry Bourne, and Braxton Jones. Like ideally two of those three are starting at tackle and they're not bringing it, trying to find Jason Peters off a fishing boat again. Um, but you're right. Right guard is like, I don't know, Jazzy, like could you really see Sam Mustafer starting at right guard? In week one against San Francisco. Yes. But he's also on the bubble, in my opinion. Yeah. Just watching yeah. how practices have unfolded. Well, I, I like the idea of there being a, just a very open competition. A lot of these guys, hopefully, will get a shot there. Then again, you want to see a guy just jump it up and grab it. 
And that's why, you know, the first pad of practice is what? It's usually Friday, Friday or Saturday. So that'll be kind of that. That'll be big time to, to, to really see where these guys are at. All right, before we jump into a full camp preview, um, I was kind of surprised that the voters in your survey are kind of torn on moving to Arlington Heights. I thought it would be more like, yeah, let's go, brand new stadium, this is going to be great. Maybe there's a casino out there, hotel, restaurants, maybe the racetrack is still there. But no, some folks are still torn to the shoreline, lakeshore. Yeah, I, I think that there's a couple things in play. I think people who live in the city are, are not excited about possibly having a trek out to Arlington Heights, similarly to how people who live in the suburbs might not enjoy going to the city. Um, I, I, I think there is a wistfulness for what Soldier Field stands for. You know, people, a lot of people wrote in the columns, you know, but what they would miss most, the history. I did joke that, you know, we talk about Soldier Field being this historic place. It is a historic place. But not for the Bears, right? They've they only played been there Wrigley. For, they played there for fifty years. Yeah, like I mean, you you talk to like the generation above us, and they'll tell you some of their great Bears memories took place at Wrigley Field, not Soldier Field. Um, you know the lakefront and just the, like look, what they build in Arlington Heights will probably be something amazing, but you're never gonna have that scene of the lake and the skyline. And the beaches, and the boats that you get now, and, and I think people people like that. So I I get it, but I, I you know it was it was hard to gauge like um you know what people prefer because I kind of I was an open ended like what excites you most about Arlington Heights, what excites you least, what will you miss most from Soldier Field, um, but a lot of people kind of said nothing. There's a lot of apathy about it, but I think I think there there was probably more than I thought of people who were um you know, enjoy the fact that there's a stadium right there on the lake in Chicago. Well, it's still kind of a tourist attraction. Games like yeah. that. Arlington Heights doesn't exactly scream, let's go to Chicago. And that'll be a traffic nightmare. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you got the Metro going right by it, but that'll be a traffic nightmare out there in Huntington Heights as well. Need some infrastructure updates. I get it. I get it. There was uh, a Bears fan came up to me the other day and they brought up Arlington Heights and they had little to no faith in the Bears actually like building it right. And what I tried to to tell him is that Hallis Hall, believe it or not, they did it right in terms of yep. the expansion. Now you may have to rehire Ryan Pace to take over that, <laughs> that overhaul or whatever plans you want for Arlington Heights. But the Bears, they did it right. Hallis Hall is beautiful. I think it would shock some Bears fans how impressive it is. And they only get a glimpse of it a, a little bit when they come out there for training camp, but it's an impressive yeah. facility right now. Wasn't Ted Phillips was kind of the point man for the Soldier Field renovation 20 years Ye- ago? Years ago, yes. And he's he's right now, he's the point man for Arlington Heights? For now. For now. Yeah, so what are people worried about? <laughs> well, touche. Uh, we hire Ryan it, Pace to run it. <laughs> uh, real quick, one more thing from a survey. I wanted your take on the, the the jersey question. What jersey would you buy? Not Justin Fields, of anybody on the team. And you know, you wrote in the vote, and in fifth place was no one. <laughs> like people took the time to write in, no one, nobody would not buy a jersey that came in fifth place, which I think just gives you a sense of the. 
you know, combos like the animosity, yeah, uh, and an, yeah. Me, anonymity of this team that there's just a lot of unknown guys. All right, two thoughts on this. Um, have you seen the video of that obnoxious adult, call him that if you will, trying to get the the autograph, yes. where he's literally like elbowing a kid in the head at the All Star Game festivities to get you know a, a, a ball signed by someone who's like 20 years younger than him. like that's pathetic behavior like do you see that yeah yes i did and and i think back in our bourbonade days we saw a few of those people uh lining the the gallery yes yes so yeah. i don't know why i thought about that just in terms of of, of no name because it, it is i think that's why you see a lot of Peytons out there you know a lot of hamptons out there because those are childhood favorites it so i i'm going to to what my kids Want they want the Justin Fields jersey, right? Right. They but want. He wasn't. You you weren't allowed. To I know you, you could have been, put him in. Yeah. Um, David Montgomery. Um, my son has a David Montgomery jersey. Uh, he likes him. Uh, my other son wants a Darnell Mooney jersey. I was gonna uh, say. I I think if I had to, if if I had to pick one, like if my son was like, I want a jersey, I would probably go Darnell Mooney, because you. Because you also want some longevity. You want the guy to be there for a while. You want him to be the type of player that your kid's going to like look up to. Who like you know, I, I hate the phrase "does it the right way," but that's kind of how Darnell Mooney is. David Montgomery the same way, um, and wide receiver. You know, all the kids want to be wide yes, receivers. The, the offensive so, players, or yeah. the kids are always drawn to the offensive players. Right. Everybody wants see, to run I, with the ball. Yeah, I could see Komet. You know, he he got a, a decent amount of love um, being the hometown guy. The city likes likes a good tight end, but I, the the other surprising result, John Z, was Jaquan Brisker. I saw Jaquan that. Brisker came in fourth, and obviously it's because everybody read the great story I wrote about him last month. Um, but it could also just be Plug. You know, this is this is a town that loves safeties that has like wanted the next Mike Brown. You know, for two years they thought Eddie Jackson was it. Eddie Jackson came in second in this poll, I believe the first time I did it. He has fell out of the top ten this year. I think there is. I think the fans have read and seen that we've seen some good things from Brisker already, and that's a position where it's like, oh, I could, I could really get on board with somebody at that spot making big plays for my team. Yeah, absolutely. Roquan Smith, he was high on yeah, there, I mean, wasn't he? Number yeah, one, he, he was. He was number one. Yeah, when he was, I think he was number two last year. And and again, linebacker, you know, phenomenal player. Assuming he signs an extension, you know, first round pick, yeah, seems to have everything you would you would probably want out of getting a jersey. But if I'm going off like what I see when, when kids at baseball games or football camps or school camps have you, you know, with with my boys, a lot of Fields jerseys, um, a decent amount of Mooney and Montgomery jerseys, but then like you'll still see kids wearing Peyton jerseys. Like my son's got a Peyton jersey. You know, it's because well, if any good yeah, it, parents should enlighten their their sons about the, the John Fox, the team. I mean, think about the John Fox era, right? Like maybe you saw Forte and Jeffrey jerseys. You you did see some Cutler jerseys. You saw some Kyle Long jerseys, but you would almost always see more Urlacher, more Peyton, more uh, Ditka, Buckus, you know, guys like that than the current team. Then you had this little spell. After 2018, where you finally saw more current players represented, you saw a lot of Trubisky jerseys, tons of Mac jerseys. I mean, he was number one for yeah. sure by a mile. Um, Eddie Jackson. So you saw a lot of that after 2018, and then now we're kind of back in this. You know, maybe you'd rather have 
the guy from 85 as opposed to the guy from 2022. If you're into this jersey conversation, not just like the look, but like what people are wearing, follow John Greenberg. If you haven't already, our, our colleague um, from The Athletic here. Every game, especially earlier in the year, he does like a – he walks around the stadium and gets a feel for <laughs> which players are now favorites in this town based on what jerseys people are wearing. It's always fun. What What's the last jersey you got, I imagine, like as a gift or, or bought? Do you know? Like, like for myself? Yeah, yeah. Like if somebody gifted you a jersey probably when you were – I imagine it would have been like when you were a kid. I had an old Latrell Sprewell jersey. Oh my! Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I had a Pippin. I was a Pippin guy. Scotty Pippin. That was, I mean, Jordan's, was your guy. Jordan's the best ever, but Scotty Pippin was my guy. Um, uh, I don't remember. Now, I remember the Sprewell you, one. Uh, were you wearing those to school? No T-shirt under it. Let it, let it all. You know, I, I was a Catholic it, school kid, so we had we, oh, we couldn't wear. True. We had, we yeah. had to wear. Uh, blue polos. So no, <laughs> no. Um, you can wear it under your polo. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my youngest will rock the the Jordan jersey that he has with the undershirt. He thinks it's a cool look. Not bad for a five year old boy. <laughs> I I got one holidays. It would have been probably ninety eight ninety nine. I got a Randy Moss jersey. Ah, that was a cool one. Um, and then I and then obviously I have like a shelf of Northwestern jerseys. You know, of, of like who? Yeah, Damian Anderson. <laughs> yeah. I've got. Uh, I have like a. I th- I have one that I I learned later was like a knockoff. It was like there's no number on the front and there's a 51 in the back, so it's like this weird like Fitz jersey that they screwed up with the, you know, manufacturer. Uh, so I do a Fitz jersey. I've got Damian Anderson. I think I have a Tyrell Sutton jersey for the. Die Hard Northwestern. But those fans. don't have names on all of them, do they? No, no. The Damian Anderson does because I got that when I, as a gift, and the person like went to one of those places where you could put, you could put, you could put the name on. Um, so yeah, but I don't, I don't think I had any uh, any good NBA jerseys. I was a bit, you know what I was. This you can, you can make fun of me for this. I was a big jersey guy. Yeah. 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 Cause I, you know, Those I was kind of big a, with the kids. Yeah, I was very scrawny. I didn't need anybody seeing like my forearms at school. So I, I liked the jersey. So I had, I had Mark Pryor. That was that was you know that was a jersey I wore a fair amount. I had a Ryan Bobby Jenks Sandberg jersey. That's my favorite Cub growing up. Is this the part, by the way, where the YouTube commenters are going to yell at us? Probably. Yeah. It's okay, but but the Chicago ones, the Chicago listeners feel a bit nostalgic. You know what? Instead of yelling at us, put in the comments your favorite jerseys that you got, or the most random ones. Yeah, I feel like no, my, the my, random my, ones are fun. I had a buddy growing up who got a Tim Hardaway Heat jersey. That sound right? Was he not a Heat for a little bit? Yes. Yeah. The killer crossover. Mm-hmm. Oh, memories, memories. Uh, a friend of the program, Chris Emma has a collection of very random like bearish jerseys from the early 2000s really yeah he's got a he's got a very uh, eclectic sort of of jerseys lined somewhere so okay good to know (laughs) if you're like me you believe there needs to be more stylish functional business casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day i'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box 
watching the game later with your friends, maybe get a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan John's polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, and works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Let's talk about training camp real quick before we get out of here. Um, It's here, everybody. We wanted to give you this episode before... Some players actually show up officially at Hallis Hall. So Saturday, this Saturday, let me get the exact date. What is this Saturday? Saturday, July 23rd, rookies, quarterbacks, and injured veterans report to Hallis Hall. So camp starts before it even starts, really. That's the that's this Saturday. Yep. On Tuesday... The 26th, that's when we get invited back up to Hallis Hall. That's where they have the, the the opening training camp press conference, and that's when all veterans report to camp. It's when they have their conditioning tests and all that stuff. So camp, it's here. Saturday. I like to call it, it's like the pitchers and catchers day. Starts yeah. on Saturday. You ready, Kev? Uh, you know, first day of school, right? I, I, I will get nostalgic on Tuesday. Because I did like that first drive down Bourbonnais, and you get there, and you get all, you get your dorm key, and oh, you're, I miss and those days. Yeah, we're standing on the sidewalk as guys are coming in with their garbage bags of pillows, and you know, bringing their Xbox, and and we're you know grabbing guys outside the dorms to talk, and and then uh, we get the big press conference inside Olivet Nazarene University. We write our stories, and we go out to uh, Brickstone for dinner. Donlins for you know a couple cold ones and some bags. Then training camp was underway. Can I share a story down there? Because I think time has passed. More like a lot of time has passed. Of course, since this story. It is your so, podcast, even though your name. Yeah, is Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the full Johns and Fishbane podcast. So Hulk could, whatever. <laughs> Do you remember the day that Jay Cutler did his radio show in the media dormitory, or he did Bears All Access in the dormitory? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So this dormitory that we all stayed in, this is back in, these are the Trestman days. Yes, 2013. Of of the Bears. So this was an all-female dorm when the media is not there. This is where the, this, and so there's, you know, washers and dryers. There's like a kitchen, that area. And some poor young lady forgot all her unmentionables Mm. in... The, the dryer with all these media members there. Is this okay to share? I'm sharing it anyway. Well, why not? It's a podcast, right? So Jay Cutler shows up with the PR guy to do his Bears All Access show. 
Somehow, all of those unmentionables ended up on the golf cart of the Bears employee. So when Cutler walks out and the Bears PR guy walks out, that's what they see. They see all these bras and panties <laughs> all over the golf cart. You don't remember this? I do. Yes, yes. And then I, all I remember, because it's still a mystery till this day, who did it? It is. I, I have no idea who did it. Was it me? I was a prankster, but I didn't do this one. Um, where he parked, the, the bushes were just filled with all the stuff that was now thrown onto the cart for them and now all over the bushes outside that tent. Did I deliver it correctly? I think it's funnier than yeah. maybe I delivered it, but no, it's, uh, I always it got was, a kick out of that. Yeah, Listen. The, Someone the tried to prank camp, Cuddy, it was, you know, it from, was, from it was the media. It's still a secret. You know, we was it uh, Larry Mayer would always get his golf cart taken <laughs> after he drove it to uh, to Dodland. So you'd have you'd have fun things like that. Now, but, I, no, now I, that I will admit to because I took multiple. <laughs> yes, I, I was one of the thieves of the golf cart that I, would be parked in front of the players. I, I do remember taking part in moving all the couches from the lobby area and stacking them in front of somebody's door. Oh, we got in trouble for that one. We did get in trouble for that. Fire hazard. Um, yeah. Um, but, you know, I will say this. You know, Our good friend who we miss dearly, Moon Mullen. Moon, I felt like, was a little bit the king of bourbon. He and, and, and uh, JJ Stankiven sent me this video that the old Comcast Sportsnet Chicago did a day in the life of Moon at training camp in 2011. And he's in his bike gear, getting ready to do his morning ride. And then he's at the lunchroom doing interviews. He's at practice, taking attendance. Um, he's back in his dorm room writing. And then as you and I know, when Moon was done with his work, he put on head-to-toe scrubs. Yeah, he put on doctor scrubs. <laughs> like, that was like, his like, relaxing yes, gear. Yes. And he would sit in the lobby and watch TV and... You know, as you walk in, whether you're coming from the gym or coming from doing some work, he would be there to greet you. I I, I, I always thought it was Moon who threw the panties on Jay oh. Cutler's cart. <laughs> we'll never know. Because he's the only one who ever did laundry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But and we'll actually I saw I, I, saw I actually some... hope it was Moon. I hope he's I yeah. hope he's listening to our podcast right now in heaven or the afterlife, whatever you want to believe. He's, have, and he's having laughing a glass his of red and yeah. <laughs> Yo, Moon and I appreciate some people tweeted this at me when I noted it. You know, I used to love watching practice with the Moon. I would try to get up to one of he'd be in the top row of the bleachers with the fans. And and it was always fun to watch with him. And a bunch of fans noted that he would talk with them. And like he was just like the greatest one. If you're a Bears fan, you wanted to talk to a reporter during practice, you could go to Moon. And he yeah. would he would entertain it, and um, you know, obviously it's going to be a tough training camp for all of us. We're not going to Moon, we're not going to have JD, um, who, you know, I, I would be I would be kind of rolling out of bed, you know, maybe a little slow to get to practice. And here's JD; he's already done like a three mile run. He's as peppy as can be. I mean, we could be talking about you know about to cover a you know six and ten John Fox team, and he is just. Just stoked to be there because he always reminded us how lucky we were to be doing what we were doing. Yes, yeah, both of them, and we'll, did. Moon yeah, and JD. We'll, yep, and and the two of them would be the ones that want to go to the wine bar in Bourbonnet. Believe it or not, there is a wine bar in Bourbonnet. There is, there is. Um, ah, I'm gonna miss him. Um, all right, let's right, go now, through the YouTube commenters. You can't make fun of this little tangent in the comments because no, be this is a great. 
This know, was great stuff. Behind great the stuff. scenes stuff, you know, I, I admitted to stealing Larry Mayer's Debauch, golf cart. Debauchery, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll do this uh, again at this and this podcast next year, I'm sure. Yeah. But oh, we um, gotta find a way to prank Larry somehow at current <laughs> camp. But anyway. I'm sure I'm sure we'll find a way. Quickly, let's spend like five to ten minutes just going through yep. some of the camp storylines. Um number one, everything that Justin Fields does and doesn't do. Well, mm-hmm. bad, you know, whatever he does. Whatever he says, it's a story of camp. I I think we're all going to do our best to ride the wave, right? If you're watching, I'm doing a little wave here. Because he's going to have rough days. He's going to have good days. But I, I, I just I want to see the consistency, right? Like that lacked from the whole season. Like he never had that full four quarters of great football. So like can he put together a start to finish great practice and then do it again the next day. I think that's going to be um, something I'll be watching for, just to be the ability to, to kind of be consistent. What I don't look forward to is when he has that one bad day, like a bad mm-hmm. seven on seven. Because Hogan and I have talked about this. Like I don't want to see bad seven on sevens. So if he has one, there'll be some overreaction, both sides, like telling us not to overreact, telling us to. Hey, it's just practice to the other side. Like, whoa, what's going on? Why does he look good? I think he's at this point. Okay, this is probably unfair. I just don't want to see him running around, throwing the ball out of bounds. If the ball gets knocked down, I just want to see quick decision-making in a drill that should favor the offense. Yeah, that's the thing about camp is that it does favor the offense. Like, you should see the offense succeed. They're going to throw things at him, you know, and the defense is going to throw things at him because they're going to want to challenge him. But ultimately, the receiver should be getting open. He's not going to have an, a live pass rush. And he should be able to, again, you know, have consecutive runs of completions and, and stack good drives and stack good practices. So yeah, consistency. I, I just, I'm going to hammer it all the way through. Is like you, you just want to see that from him. I think this offense could provide more consistency, consistency at some point for him. I don't think it's going to happen right away because we didn't see it at all in the offseason program. Again, when everything favors the offense or should favor the offense. Um, but but we'll see. Um, that's it. Um, number two. I want to see if Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon can, can continue to make plays like they did in the offseason program. I should have put number two up like this. but Because they had, even with Gordon eventually missing time, I think when we were there, they stood out to us. And I know for a fact when the what the Bears were getting, they were loving from their two second-round picks. The number one favorite move from the GM on the survey was drafting those two. And I think that, you know, we know that there was a desire to get an offensive tackle or a wide receiver. But if these guys are as good as the Bears think they are, a lot of draft analysts think they are, you have a starting corner, starting safety for a long time. And I do think that you're going to see those two make plays. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching Gordon. And, 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 you know, someone who's such a smooth athlete like him, I think that'll stand out. Um, it's sometimes hard because, again, it's hard to be a cornerback in training camp. Like, everyone's rooting against you kind of because they want to see big plays. Um, but, yeah, I, I would I would put Kyler Gordon probably top five of players I'll be watching next yeah, week. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to merge these next two. This is number three. I'll actually put number three up here if you're watching on YouTube. The holes on the offensive line, specifically at right guard, how that is filled because I think it's a wide open spot. 
but also how Tevin Jenkins responds to finishing camp, or sorry, finishing the off-season program as a backup. I think that's a loud and clear challenge of his talent, of who he is, and what he can be. When the, I, I'll keep coming back to the when the pads come on. I feel like we, we could see one of two things. When the pads come on, Tevin Jenkins could be that mean, nasty, road-grading, athletic offensive tackle that they drafted last year to be the tackle of the future. Or we could see why the staff hesitated with him. We might see that that back surgery has lingering effects. I mean, we're going to learn a lot. Of, you know, we, When you guys do this podcast in two weeks, you're going to learn a lot. The one thing, too, with both these spots, John C., is will the Bears have to bring somebody else in at some point? I mean, both, that, I mean for guard if, or tackle. If, again, if you're calling a player who's fishing at that moment that you're calling him, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. And they got really lucky with Jason Peters. So when they do bring in a veteran, you, you, you can't expect them to be able to step in and be the, the starter left tackle all year and, and do a fine job. I was on this podcast gosh, last month, and this was just after we talked to Tevin Jenkins. And like I was encouraged by his mindset. Like, oh, he seems in a good place. He's doing Pilates. Physically, he looks good. He's moving okay on the field. He can only get better. And then like literally the next practice that we saw, he's with the backups. So I think this is a bit of a roller coaster for, for the second-round pick right now. See how he reply. See how he he responds because it's clear to me that they want to challenge him. Clear to me. Yeah. Um, that's another point here in terms of storylines. What Eberflus says and doesn't say about who's playing where and when and how, like his messaging. I think we've seen some of that. Whether it's Jalen Johnson playing with the second team after missing the the voluntary portions of the offseason program, or. What's happening with Tevin Jenkins right now? I think he is, call it playing games, if you will, but he's willing to do different things to motivate the players he's inheriting. Look, I mean, this this team is not a Tevin Jenkins away from making a playoff run. I think so much of this year is figuring out, yes, they want to win games, but so much of it is figuring out who is good enough to be here for the long term. And and if a guy just doesn't have it, I don't think this regime is going to feel any reason to stick with that player longer. And and I know there's sometimes there's some revisionist history about Ryan Pace. Pace and Fox did the same thing in 2015. You know, they tried to find guys that could be part of their core, and they moved on quickly from guys who weren't going to work out. That changed at the latter part, obviously, of of Pace's regime. Maybe some guys stuck around longer than they should have. But I I think we'll see. This staff, as you said, challenge guys because they're just trying to figure out who's worth sticking around here, who, who's going to be part of this core if we're going to become something. I'd even go back to Phil Emery trading Gabe Karimi. Yeah. Remember that? Something to think about. Um, I got an interesting I'll, one for you. The problem with that is Phil Emery also continuing to play Shea McClellan. That's my guy. Moving yeah, on. Yeah. Moving Pickleball on. star. What? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if if you're a long time listener here, you know exactly. You know Shay's been my guy for a long time. Super Bowl champion. Love Shay. <laughs> I'm, 
Some people are laughing somewhere. Um, all right, I got an interesting one for you here. How the carries are shared in camp? Because I have an interesting observation for, for everybody that has not been shared yet. David Montgomery was playing like special teams, and I have never seen him play special teams as a blocker ever until this offseason program. Okay, I think he did it in a preseason game once because he was a rookie and he had to play. But watching him, your number one running back, be a lead blocker on special teams? Like, like what is going on here? He's in a contract year. They've said great things about him. There are great things about David Montgomery to like, but who's going to be the Bears? Like, how are these sherry, sherries, how are these carries shared in camp? Like, what can we learn from it? It's a great point. And I, I remember wanting to get a chance to ask David Montgomery about that. We didn't get a chance to talk to him after we saw him out there on special teams at practice. Well, it goes back to what I just said, right? Who's a part of your future? There's a much better chance that Khalil Herbert's part of this future to Dave Montgomery, but Dave Montgomery—that's kind of a shocking statement. Let's like just I terms, agree. I, I think he—it's a state of—it's the state of the NFL, and it's the state of that position specifically. Yes, yes, the running back position. In the NFL. If this was five years ago, even I think Dave Montgomery would have already had a contract extension. I mean, we've heard Matt Eberflus and Ryan Pulse talk about him. He's everything you want in a football player. He does everything right. I I think too. This is a guy who runs angry already. Wait till you see him this year. I think. I think it's going to be. Yeah. Like I'm not. I'm not putting out. I'm not saying like big numbers or anything like that. But I just think you're going to tell by the way he runs. He's not going to want to talk about the contract. He's not going to want to talk about. He might not even want to talk about special teams. But I think you're going to tell in the way he runs that he understands what's going on. He's very aware of this whole thing. He's just not going to want to talk about it. But you know, if you're yeah, if you're Luke Getzey, you know, I would. I think Montgomery's. Your better all-around players should get certainly get more touches than Khalil Herbert. But are you also trying to maybe turn Khalil Herbert into your starter for 2023 and 2024? How do you handle that? Ryan Pohl said at the, the combine, combine that he liked the running backs room. It's their deepest room. My son right? is watching Stranger Things in the other room right now. Can you hear Ooh. it? I cannot. He's become hooked. Um Here's one speaking of guys who belong, guys that are part of the core, guys who are part of the future. This is a gimme. Will Robert Quinn show up? And if he doesn't, what does that mean for Dominique Robinson and Travis Gibson? Well, if he doesn't show up. I don't think he does. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I didn't put him on my 53-man roster projection after minicamp. Because even it's like, a good projection, yeah. I just, I just don't. Uh, it's hard to envision that. Um, but I, you know, in a weird way, I think Travis Gibson, Dominic Robinson, and I'll even throw Al Kadeen Muhammad in there. You know, we haven't seen him practice yet. This guy had his career year last year. He knows the defense, so there's so there, there's at least some intriguing options there at deep. At defensive end. But the thing about Quinn is like it's this give and take where he fits in the defense. He could be a veteran presence in the room. He could help your group. But he's not going to be here in 2023. He's your best trade ship right now. Now, you you know, could you get more for him in October? But if he doesn't want to be here, what are you going to do? So, yeah. I mean, it's weird because I think that like I think that could be a, a, a like storyline number two. The problem is that storyline could be 
over with by Monday. Yes. Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday, so. Tuesday when Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus meet the media. Right. What are the first five questions asked? Up oh, the Two Bears more. have tweet the Bears have tweeted. What is it? Their position preview of linebackers. Ooh, Larry Mayer on the case. Um here's one for you. What is Justin Jones going to become for this defense? Let's not forget that he is plan B. So not plan I A, but plan I, B. I'm I've I've written this a few times that I'm like I'm like good. I feel like I'm driving the Justin Jones hype train. I don't know if anybody is on it. Drive it. But I feel like he's getting underrated because he's plan B. So I guess it's, it's a fair to underrate him. But this is somebody that if healthy, that's a big thing with him. If healthy and you look at the position he's playing and the scheme he's in, you know, what if he becomes something? Like you'll hear me say this a bunch between Nick Morrow, Alkani Muhammad, Justin Jones. I'll even throw a couple offensive guys in there. Lucas Patrick, Byron Pringle, Equinemius St. Brown, Nikhil Harry, all these guys. The Bears are hoping they can find one of those guys is Akeem Hicks, right? What the Bears got when they signed Akeem Hicks to just a it was just a what like a two year, ten million dollar deal. You know, back in twenty sixteen, and then look what he became. He became one of the best defensive linemen in the league. So again, I'm not saying any of these guys are going to be Akeem Hicks, but I do think there's this sense of like we're tr- we're we're going to try all these guys who fit everything we want, and we're hoping that there there's still a lot of potential for all of them. And it's a question to me is like who of that group becomes that guy? I, if I had to put it on somebody right now, Johns, you can hold me to this. I'd say Nicholas Morrow becomes that guy. Okay. Yeah. Is that because he's calling the plays for the defense and Roquan Smith is not? Maybe. I actually didn't have that on my list, but still he's an observation f- from the offseason program. Uh, for fans that are going to training camp, he's fast. I mean, and that's like that's something. And, and Roquan Smith, too. It's going to be fun, I think, to watch the two of them work together. But, yeah, be to, be some, like one of these guys, you'd imagine, like the hope is all of these guys emerge, right? But the reality is... There's a reason these guys were available for as low cost as they were. So the hope is that you know they can get one or two or three of them to really become stars. Or not even stars, but become your know, long-term reliable guys. For those coming out to camp, Nicholas Morrow's wearing number 53. Justin Jones. You know it? Uh, yes. 93. Oh, well done. Well yes. done. Nailed it. Will number Sutton's 93. number was not retired. Oh, Will Sutton. Yeah. Good pull. Good pull. Last one for you. Who is catching the darn ball at camp? Other Me. than Darnell Mooney. Actually, not either of us because the ball was thrown <laughs> in our direction. <laughs> that reminds I me. W- like, I'll p- put the phone away, Adam Johns, and, and be a little bit more aware. Although, I got like notepads and stuff. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't. Uh, that coach from Northern a, Illinois deservedly shook his, us. shook his head at us. Well, the problem was that ball fell. So let's let's break down the play really quick. Okay, it's the end of a, of a goal line play. Fields is scrambling to his left. He throws it out out, out of the Throw end away. zone, and it goes right in between two of us. And I'm gonna I'm, hand up. I stepped away. So did I. I didn't like, even bother. My hands are full. Well, for one thing, I, yeah, my hands are full. I was holding a water bottle, holding my notepad. I'm not going to, like, stick my arm out and just knock it. And the problem was it rolled all the way down into <laughs> the no weeds is an understatement. 
like multiple equipment members came over to this area and looked at each other and shook their heads and like I think that ball's still there. It went now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Along with all the balls left there from the kicking competition yeah. a few years ago, <laughs> KC Bednarski's uh, kicks are in there. Yeah, nobody the wanted to like go this. get that ball. So yeah. somebody, somebody in Hallis Hall is watching that clip and, and laughing at the two of us. Just <laughs> I hope so. Moving aside, no, like we did. Um, we literally moved out of the way. Who here? I'll I'll throw this question at at you. If Darnell Mooney is your number one pass catcher you trust, I would argue Cole Komet might be number two. I would even go as far as saving David Montgomery is number three. <laughs> I just we don't know anything about these other wide receivers. No, and none no. of them showed us much of anything in the spring. I'm trying to think, like who could be this year's Marquise Goodwin? Where you're like, oh, he's fast. Maybe they have something there. I, Byron Pringle. Yeah, but it, some it of those underneath Pringle. crossing routes. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, should be Pringle or or Equinemius St. Brown. I'm I'm very interested to watch Nikhil Harry. Like I'm just I'm very curious to see what he looks like in a Bears uniform and how they use him. Um, but yeah, I mean somebody's got to step up. I'll tell you this though. Actually, you know who's going to be the fan favorite receiver? It's going to be Bayless Jones. Yeah, I think or. Or Chris Fink. Yeah. Yeah. I actually wrote um, that Chris Fink is my front runner for Tanner Gentry fan favorite of <laughs> camp award. It's still named after Tanner Gentry, huh? Who is it yes. before that? Dane Zanzenbacher? Zanzenbacher, Andy Fantuz, Daniel Braverman. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, yeah, but I think Valus Jones is going to be like, I, I think when we leave camp, he will probably have turned a lot of heads. I'll say it again on this show. I was impressed by what we saw in the offseason program. The dude is fast. The dude can catch. And he's big. He's much bigger than I expected. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Like solidly built and can move. I don't know what the ceiling is for him. He is 25. I get it. I get all the concerns. But he's going to stand out to people. I think he definitely will in training camp. Kevin Shaw, undrafted rookie out of Liberty. He's not on the roster. Is he's not on the roster, but he's gonna he's in the running for Tanner Gentry Award. I think he's gonna when the third team comes out, he's gonna be catching pass after pass after pass. Oh, that's a Nathan Peterman show too. That's true. Not All the right. fan favorite. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be yep. fun. Um, I hope that gave everybody a decent preview for camp again Saturday. Rookies, quarterbacks, and injured veterans report to Hallis Hall. Tuesday will be our next show. Maybe live from hell. So I'm not, I'm not sure, but that's when we meet Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. I think Justin Fields will speak to us that day too. I don't know. I don't know what the rundown is completely, but we should know more then. Uh, read us, the fish man, the fully bearded fish man, and myself on theathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter if you're not already. Merchandise, hobbyshirts.com. Go mock Adam Hogue on Twitter for being on vacation yet again. Uh, read his stuff at allchgo.com. Any final thoughts, Kev? No, I'm going on vacation. What? Speaking of vacation. Yeah. yeah I know you are. I'll, we'll be, back. Tuesday, I'll be back though. before camp. Yeah, I'll be there. We'll see you Tuesday. I'll be there. Just sneaking away. Quick quick trip. Quick getaway. We all need to quick recharge. When you, when, you have, when you have kids, John, you understand the importance of trying oh. to get away for a little bit. <laughs> We're on the final week of baseball here. Won our mm. first two playoff games yesterday. We got more today. Let's go, boys. 
That's it. Okay, fine. Anyway, thanks for the uh, good luck, Kevin. Um, we will talk to everybody next week. See ya. Pool reporter Adam Hodge. Hoge. 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 Hodge. 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 Hodge.